into another episode of the fantasy football rpg podcast i am your commissioner Corey, also known as bitner steel and once again i am joined by my two guys we got evan back in the house and eric back from the dead how's it going boys it's going good how are you guys doing this week uh it's going pretty good it's going quick busy week for me over here in the uh the work life yep short week for me i had two days off this week getting back from a wedding in stewartstown pennsylvania yeah, sounds like you went you went for a romp out there, huh? Oh, it was a big romp. The only sad part was, and this was cruel and unusual punishment, that it was on Sunday, so I actually missed every single football game. Honestly, though, for for your heart, like uh, just you know, for stress levels, it might might have been for the best. It might honestly, it might have been for the best. It might have saved me a couple years of my life. But it is the most interesting scheduled wedding I've ever had in my life. It was the first Sunday of football and nine eleven, all on the same day of this wedding. Wow, yeah. Strange. Significant and uh, sorry, remind me of the state you said it pre show, but I forgot what state you... okay, okay, you went back. So, uh, so yeah, the Eagles game was like supposedly on, and and were people like wanting to watch it but couldn't kind of situation, or did no one really? So, it was mostly a Steelers family. Uh, oh, I see, I see. So they're more from the Pittsburgh side, and all of them because we were out in the middle of nowhere at a vineyard with no TVs anywhere in sight. So as that game was so close, everybody was trying to get signal on their phones to pull it up and nobody could get it. So everyone's streaming just live play-by-play tickers that were coming up. That was a crazy game to watch, like happen real time with all the missed kicks. That was wild. A lot of sad Steelers fans that day at the wedding. Well, until they won. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, until they won. They thought they blew it. Um, and then that... Um... Well, I don't blame them. If you can't watch the game, there were, I think, three different chances where the Bengals had the field goal to win. And they whiffed it. Oh, I know. It was crazy. Yeah, Evan, Evan, any highlights? I mean, I, I just got a wedding this this coming weekend that I'm going to for my cousin oh. out in Minnesota. So unfortunately, wow. I missed the uh, afternoon slate of games because I'm going to be on a plane from Minnesota. Must be. Weddings in September uh, on Sundays. Shouldn't that be a crime? I think so. I mean, the wedding's Saturday, but I have to fly back from from minneapolis oh well at least some airports have like tvs and stuff so you might catch a couple glimpses of games before i get on the plane yeah right that's what planes really need they need to start uh sports streaming where where's that at how's that not a thing yeah i don't know i guess because it's hard to stream to a plane probably the wi-fi is always terrible on a plane even though they claim to have it but think about it all all the all the satellites are up there you know it shouldn't be that hard to just pick up on a signal (laughs) so it's so true though right it's that that has to be like the speed right like the like the speed of the plane or something i don't know how that works i'm not a, a physicist or i guess that would be a physicist right that would know that kind of thing probably we're really getting into the weeds here <laughs> the vikings are playing the eagles this week right yeah there it's on monday though yeah. so i'm not too concerned okay uh, i was gonna say evan if uh eagles score a touchdown while you're at this wedding you should uh hit the gritty right in front of all those minnesota fans oh have someone film it the Eagles play on Monday. Oh, oh, okay, well, then you have no excuse to uh, put 
pull out the greedy just in your own home, right? Set up like the selfie cam and just like go for it. We could we, that could be our first post on our social media. There we go. Oh my, Evan, ready? Yeah. What's what's not? <laughs> All right, we're <laughs> we're really into it now. I I like the energy, man. I mean, first first week of football, it I think everyone here is just kind of just psyched and jazzed and maybe a little sad, but overall, like we're we're back, baby. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and take it to our first and most important segment. What are you guys drinking? I think Eric's being boring. I am being boring. I had so much over the weekend that I just kind of need a few days to recuperate, get myself back together. So I'm just chilling on the water. And tomorrow's my first day back in the office. So I just want to make sure that I'm crisp and ready to go. Very responsible of you. What about you, Evan? What do you got? I got a spiked lemonade. Spiked lemonade. Nice. Nice. Is it, uh, is it kind of hot out there? I love a spiked lemonade on a hot day. No, I'm just trying to hold on to the little bit of summer that may or may not still be left. I feel that. Yeah, we are T minus, I think, like 10 or so days until fall officially hits. So, yeah, no, I, I feel it. The sun is already starting to disappear on us over in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we just we just had false false fall, as we like to call it over here. Uh, it, you know, it dropped down into the high 70s. And uh, then next week, it's supposed to get back up into the mid 90s. So, yeah, damn, it gets hot over there. Uh, I think we're looking towards uh... go below 90. <laughs> that's a number. Yeah, I guess he I guess he wouldn't know what that's like, huh? Nope. I'm kind of I'm kind of actually uh, in a similar spot. Personally, I, I didn't even think about this until now. But the can itself and also the you know what it is, I'm I'm sipping on cosmic pulp juicy ipa and it's got like a hot pink it's kind of hard to tell over the uh camera but it's got a hot pink label on it uh but another really nice from from uh, a local brewery pike brewing in seattle i've actually i don't think i've had anything from them at least not that i can remember it might be a newer brewery but i i, I really like oh no actually established 1989 so uh yeah they're 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 definitely vets. Uh, never had their stuff before, but it's good. It's got like an orange juice kind of uh, back to it. That yeah, going down good. I, I was gonna say sh- shout out Eric to uh, back home for us. I took down a, a thirty rack of Yingling over the weekend. Ah, there we go. That's what I was pounding at the wedding. That and wine slushies. Hmm. Okay, a good frosé. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, probably those probably don't travel as well. I would no, say as a, as a 30 rack. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I'm I, like, I keep saying I'm pumped ready to get this thing started. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff happened first week back. Can I just kind of lead us off with a, a very quick and concise go Hawks. Gino Smith. Season. Let's go Gino. 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 Uh, I won't do the whole. So guys, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked on the Hawks. They, they played really well. Uh, we had a couple of huge defensive stops. Um, you can look at them as silly fumbles from the running back. I look at them as high class defensive stops. We played so well, man. I can't I can't express it enough without sounding like overly excited and and very loud. But uh, Gino looked great through over the middle, uh, which is something that I think was sorely lacking from our team with uh, Shorty Russ uh Gino was was tall towering able to make those throws he made some great like magic man plays too that reminded me a little bit of Russ obviously not in the the same athletic category he didn't like run to the far side of the field uh or anything like that but 
he he made some some stuff out of nothing he he evaded some sacks and man i just i don't know what is to come of this team i think that a large part of this was the the energy on the field the the 12th man uh russ just getting categorically booed uh, i think that we we either broke or met the decibel record for the stadium uh during that game so like i think that might have been a part of it but overall man i'm i have a new excitement for this team that i didn't have preseason and i i'm excited to see where we go from here because we look like a playoff team well again it's it's week one so i mean for all of us i feel like we got to pump our brakes but uh, one thing that I was not expecting was how bad the rest of your division looked this weekend. Yeah. No, no one in your division looked any good. All of a sudden, <laughs> that door flew wide open for you guys. And that was something I was not expecting to happen. Seahawks top of the division week one was not what I had expected. No. Absolutely not. Even if we won, which I... I I said on the last pod, I thought there was like a 1% chance that we would win um, for what that's worth. But... Even to that, I would never have laid a bet on us being in the lead of the division. I did not think all three of those teams were going to lose. No, that that was nuts. Um, and not only did the other teams lose, they looked not good. That I mean, if we go all the way back to the yeah. Bills-Rams game, I mean, it, it was the Bills. But the Bills didn't even click in all cylinders. The Bills turned the ball over four times and beat the Rams 31-10. to 10. Yeah, look, I mean, the 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 Rams and the Cardinals had tough matchups, but they were so outclassed. Absolutely. Like, completely outclassed. And, like, the 49ers, um, I was expecting a lot more. I was too. Did not I, – I had money on the, bill, on, the, uh, on the Bears spread, but I never in a million years would have Bears money lined that. No, that was crazy. And, I mean, it is the Deluge game. I mean, you got to take that into some sort of sure. consideration as well. But uh, they looked bad. Um, I was really surprised how bad the 49ers looked because, I mean, I know Evan's big on Trey Lance. I know, Corey, I think you're kind of in the middle. I, I'm I'm almost as high, uh, or at least I was preseason. Uh, I think, what, I have him two or three on my cornerstone rankings while Evan had him so. number one? I think so. So, yeah, I wasn't far behind. I saw the athletic profile. I saw the rushing capabilities. I saw the the team believing in him. And I still have hope, uh, but that's not what I wanted to. Uh, it's not what I wanted to see week one against the Bears in what I thought was going to be kind of a, a chance at a breakout game for him. So what, what I noticed with Lance in that is the, the ones where the receiver was open, but the throw was off. OK, the field was crap. Deluge. No one's going to be able to set their feet. And he hasn't played football much in two years. Give the kid a break. That that's that that is what it is. I won't hold that against him. The thing that I noticed, though, is he was having a very hard time on plays diagnosing defenses. And there was a lot of mistakes that were made that are young mistakes that he can learn to correct. But I don't know how ready he is right now to take that yet. So we'll see. But um, he certainly can learn. He seems like a smart kid. He's got the athletic profile. But Justin Fields looked like the athlete on that field. You see the runs he was making through the holes. Oh my gosh. Percent chance here now, because I think there were a number of theories about why the 49ers kept Jimmy Garoppolo on the team. Um, but percentage chance here now of if Lance isn't bringing it, do the, the 49ers give Garoppolo another chance? No. 
good good answer conviction no quick and concise yeah uh i think that is more likely certainly they've named him the starter right Mm -hmm. okay well that sort of was a hawk uh segment turned into a bear segment which i'm fine with i'm very happy to see both of our teams want to know eric uh it's not what we're expecting certainly so let's go let's go bear hawks well maybe and uh we we kind of knew i mean my hot pick was uh, my hot take last week wasn't saying that but let's uh, yeah we'll give you a chance to uh, recap your spicy take when you get to your next one here but uh Let's keep going through these uh, these football topics here. Uh, kind of just want to briefly touch on just the absolute collapse of the kickers. I know we don't like generally play kickers in any of our leagues. Like we do dynasty and most dynasties don't have kickers, but for redraft leagues uh, and just general football, like, like what the heck happened? Uh, what the heck happened? We had so many game winning kicks missed. We had so many just kick, like weird like kicks missed in general, but the game winning kicks is where I was just really I was kind of losing my mind a little bit watching all that. Um, off the top of my head, like I think the like the Falcons had a miss, uh, the uh, Colts had a miss, uh, the Bengals obviously had a miss. I know I know I mean the Broncos big. What was that call by the way? Dude, we didn't even touch on that. That's 64. I just want to say, if you pay a quarterback $260 million and you're looking at a four and five with a minute left on the clock and you need to go and win the game and you can either get the five yards via your quarterback or kick a close to record breaking 64 yard field goal. What do you guys think is the right decision there? Because I don't think it's the 64 yard field goal. So Looking at that, I think it was probably one of the worst decisions in the history of football. The fact that it's so unanimous makes me agree with you completely. So bad. So I saw some statistics today. They said um, the percentage that the Broncos would have won the game if they had gone for that fourth and five play was 70%. The kick percentage to win the game was 14% to win. And I even think that's a little high. If you want to take even a step further... Um, from that distance, there's been 41 kicks attempted in the history of the NFL. Two have gone in. Yeah. So one one thing, Pete Carroll would have let Russell Wilson do his thing there. Yes. And two and two thing, Russell Wilson did that all the time mm-hmm. successfully in Seattle. It's one of his biggest That's draws. Really I feel like is he is the comeback king, and he's one historically one of the best five yards and shorter quarterbacks in the history of the league, statistically speaking. He gets mad. He requests a trade out of Seattle because the coach won't let him cook. And then that's the call by his first year head coach on the Denver Broncos. I, I would be livid. And here's why as a Broncos fan, I'd be really worried about Hackett as my head coach, because if we want to flashback two years ago to when he was the offensive coordinator of the Packers in the NFC championship game, when it was fourth and eight, he decided to kick a field goal instead of letting Aaron Rodgers try to throw that in to go from eight down eight to down five instead of trying to tie it at eight with that and two-point conversion. And Aaron Rodgers never got the ball back. So, I, I mean, he's a rookie coach, but he's made these mistakes at the end of games before. So, um, 
I mean, maybe Very Matt LaFleur made the call, but he didn't learn from Matt LaFleur then in that situation. It's like, I, I'd i be very concerned if I was a Broncos fan and just the trust that these players have in this coach. Because even if you miss that fourth and five, if you miss that fourth and five, at least you said, you know what? I'm believing in my $245 million quarterback and I believe in my team. Let's go get it. If you miss it, you know what? I trust yeah. you guys. And he had timeouts like from that field position. It was, it was very likely that we could have knelt it out, but I mean, who knows going for it and then using your timeouts after uh, you don't make it is certainly better game strategy in any world uh, than kicking a 64 yard field goal in a stadium that was the loudest it has ever been Mm -hmm. Uh, a a particularly loud stadium where the team was already tilted beyond belief. I, I I love how we took this. We took it from a kicker segment here and we brought it back to the Hawks because I could talk about it for the whole show if you guys would let me, but I know you wouldn't because we have so many things to get to. But even on the other kicker point, what about yeah. McPherson, uh, the Bengals kicker, who was like his just blew historically it. great last year. Like one of the best and blew it, lost the game for him. Multiple whiffs, multiple big whiffs. I don't know. I don't know if it was just first week jitters and the kickers just got the, the bad end of that. I don't know. I, I really don't. It'll be interesting to see how they rebound. Uh, Blankenship got, got cut or got waived. So Colts are looking for a new kicker. Yeah. Be interesting to see uh, how that impacts, I guess, their play calling, I guess, this coming week when they get right in that, you know, 40 yard line going driving down the field. Like, what, what do they do? Yeah. I mean, he, he was bad. Like, he was straight up bad. He was pretty good last year, Blankenship, yeah. but he was bad. And not only did he miss the, the game winner, but I think he missed, like, another field goal or an extra point on top of that. But, yeah, I'm I, I'm really interested to see, like, one, who they bring in, just because I'm, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know of any super high-profile free agent kickers off the top of my head that they could uh, bring in there. And if they can't bring someone that's a, a surefire in, yeah, do they, do they go for more extra points instead of field goals. I don't know. I wonder if um, blanket ships glasses prescription changed. Is that what happened? Maybe. Yeah. Have you seen those goggles on his face? They're unbelievable. I mean, it could be that he actually doesn't need them and they they're just for looks because they look so sexy on him. Debatable, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, probably not. Okay. Moving right along here. Kickers were terrible. Let's see how they do next week. I like this one that you put here, Eric. Uh, the question is, can Justin Jefferson win the MVP? Historically, the answer is no. The stat is no wide receivers have, right? Do you think JJ might be set up to have the best shot at it? Because I think there's a path that if there, there's an injury or two to a quarterback or the quarterbacks kind of go up and down throughout the year or certain teams lock things up and bet like, what what if JJ destroys receiving records hypothetically? What if he catches like 160, 170 balls, 2,500 yards, goes for like 14 times, like just destroys numbers? If Cooper Cup didn't win it, like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they. I don't know if wide receivers can. Cup was the triple crown winner last year. Yeah, and he didn't win it. Like didn't even come really that close. Had one vote, I think. Well, one thing I think stacked against it a little bit though in voters eyes right is 
Matt Stafford was added to that team and Matt Stafford was looked at as given a lot of credit for what cup became not saying that that's the way it should be, but I think other voters looked at it that way. Also, Aaron Rodgers threw two picks over 16 games for those last 16 years. That's just stupid, right? I don't think that's going to happen again. And then, but with JJ, he's got the same quarterback, right? If he goes off like that in the way that Kirk Cousins is perceived, they're going to be like, wow, he won the triple crown or got all these numbers with Kirk Cousins. I think another big part of this, though, is that you would have to be banking on the Vikings to make it pretty far in the playoffs or 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 go to the Super Bowl, which I just... They, they, the Vikings would have to win the division and be a top-two seed for it to even be... I just don't think so. And I don't think so either, but is there at least a 1% conversation about it? I, 1%, sure. Sure. If he, if he just goes absolutely nuclear, breaks every single record, and the, I, I still think that the Vikings would have to at least, you know win the division maybe there's like a half of a percent chance (laughs) who do you want for the rest of the year cooper cup or justin jefferson cup uh cooper cup i'm going jj i think jj had a big game but i don't want to get like overzealous on him so so let's also remember the last non-quarterback to win the mvp was adrian peterson with the viking back in 2012 when he had 2000 rushing yards Oh my God. So, I mean, he, he can beat anyone in the league in, in rushing yards for a single season, but I uh, can't beat Le'Veon Bell in a boxing match. So heard about that. Non-quarterbacks just don't win the award. I mean, it's just that simple. When was the last time a defensive player won? Probably Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. 86 Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. And then a kicker won in 82. You're lying. Mark. Mark Mosley on the Washington Redskins. You're lying. There's no way. No way. What did he do? How did he, did he win every game through the leg and they didn't throw at all? He just kicked like 99 yard field goals every play? I don't know. He got 41.7% of the votes and Dan Fouts got 39.3. Wow. What? There's your stat of the day. What NFL kicker won the NFL MVP? Seriously. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you for uh, dropping that knowledge bomb. That's super interesting. And the podcast after that, that's the tidbit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to cut that and then put it at the very end. Wait, wait, the best part about all of it is, is when you look at it, he only made 20 field goals that year. What happened? Did, I, need to, I need the whole story. Can, do you guys want to uh, film like a docuseries on this? Maybe uh, what the NFL thirty for thirty? Maybe they'll hire us. Yeah, yeah, something get a deal with HBO or something. Hard knocks, absolutely. The legend of the kicker. That just completely threw me off. That's nuts. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Oh man, I have a hard time getting past that. Um, but we do have we do have more little football items here, and I think this is a really good one. You, uh, Eric, you put uh, as a show note panic button on Kyler. I sort of uh, amended it, added to it with a little bit of just like, you know, week one overreaction for sure, but a little bit of like QBs in crisis where we saw some like QB, like projected QB ones um, just have awful, awful performances. Uh, Burrow, he sort of like kind of salvaged a little bit. Like he didn't kill your week, but he like where you took him, especially like in drafts, like, he tossing five interceptions. That was just ugly. I know it's the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers and their defense is really good. TJ Watt, who is now injured, by the way, but uh, TJ Watt was showing out in that game. I get that. 
but man, it it was just brutal. There were there were some throws there where they were just errant throws. They're just bad decisions. Uh, there were some good defensive plays, but there were some just stinkers in there. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers, which much to Eric's uh, glee, Aaron Rodgers had a an awful turnout. And um, out of the three, the between Kyler Rodgers and Burrow, I would honest, I would say Burrow. I'm probably the least concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before TJ Watt went down, that Steelers defense is like for real, for real. That is a nasty defense, and they were flying, come from all angles. TJ Watt looked unstoppable. Every single – I felt like play, he was up in the grill of Joe Burrow. Minko was killing it too. And did you notice the Bengals started finding rhythm and started scoring a little bit once T.J. Watt went yeah. down and made it again? I, no, he's huge. I just think first week of the season, you're not quite in a rhythm yet, and then having T.J. Watt literally in your face in two seconds every single play, it just – going to lead you to bad decisions. I would agree with you. He's the least I'm worried about. Rodgers, sadly, I'm not super worried about either. I mean, last year against the Saints, the opening game, the Packers lost 38 to three. I, I know I get that narrative for sure, the the first week for Rodgers, but I'm I'm a little more like not super worried, not panicking, but I'm a little more worried just because I don't know how impactful Lazard would have been in that game, but Ro- it really does look like Rodgers has very few options there. I agree, but he needs time to build rapport and stuff like sure. that. And I mean he's Aaron Rodgers. As much as I can't stand him, he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I have one eyebrow raised with him where I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. wait a minute. I'm, that's where I'm at. Yeah. One eyebrow raised. I'm going to give it a little more time. I'm worried about Kyler. I sold all of my Kyler stock this offseason. I could not be more happy. There is something weird going on between him and Kingsbury and the front office. He's got a weird personality. Like he seems like he just wanted to get money. And I cannot get that Rams Cardinals playoff game out of my head. He looked so bad. You know what's crazy is, uh, I don't know if you guys know about this, but there's a in-season hard knock season where it's the Cardinals. Oh. It's coming out in November. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah. And for that reason, because I agree with you, there's there's a weird energy there. It has, it's been there. It could very well be just uh, public perception and kind of like media stoking the drama flames a little bit, but you know, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. Um, it does seem like there's stuff there potentially uh and i think the biggest thing that we saw was kyler murray without deandre hopkins this could be a problem when he signed that contract the organization had to have leaked the contract detail about him needing being paid to study more i mean how did that become public knowledge one of the two it was either kyler or it was the organization that had to leak it right yeah like why are you trying to leak that i don't think kyler would do that it looks really bad on kyler Unless he thought it would look bad on the organization and it backfired. I don't know. The study clause had to have been Kyler's camp because just look at the public backlash that the Cardinals got when it came out. They it, they got so much backlash that they removed it from the clause. And I feel like they have a, enough money to pay a public mm-hmm. relations like ex, expert uh, that would tell them that if that got out, it would be bad for them to, to not have gotten that out themselves. Um, so in my mind, it, probably had to have been Kyler's camp and that just stokes the kind of the flames even more potentially. So if things are all gravy between all of them, that never gets leaked. There's just something and, weird and going on. Let's like, I also want to just mention like Kyler doesn't have, you know, the easiest schedule, like the, the chiefs aren't the, the toughest defense he's going to face uh, during his season. He's like, he's got the Raiders next week. I think that'll be 
okay. Uh, if he doesn't show out against the Raiders, we're kind of reaching Mayday status because he should have a fine game against the Raiders, but then he has Rams and like Panthers, Eagles, Seahawks, like defenses that are kind of middling, but could wow. potentially show out. Um, especially like the Seahawks, I feel like whatever's going on with us, we always just win one division game against each opponent, um, like a season or close to it, at least. Um, we like seem to always beat the Rams once. We seem to always beat the Cardinals once or twice. So uh, yeah, man. I mean, I think, it, I think it's something to look at. I also was pretty good with selling a lot of my Kyler and it, it was really just, I thought the, the price on him was just so high that it was just a great time to sell. But now I'm starting to like be pretty, uh, pretty chuffed about it myself. Yeah, I mean, obviously Berto Rogers, you're holding. Kyler, I'm holding till he explodes in a game, and then I'm trying to sell. That's a good strategy. Yeah, Rodgers and Burrow, I'm not very concerned about. Kyler, on the other hand, Ooh. it's hard. I mean, I, I've, yeah, I've watched plenty of breakdowns, um, rewatched the game, and there's just a lot of defensive reads that he just completely missed. Like, there were a couple plays where he should have clearly seen the coverage, the coverage was completely telegraphed and he just completely missed it. So yeah, I, I do agree. I think there's something going on. I frankly was expecting a little bit more out of Hollywood college connection. I really thought there was going to be something special there, especially with D hop being out and Ertz being slightly injured. I think Hollywood needs a guy. I think Hollywood needs another guy to take a little bit of the attention away. They just, they don't, they didn't have anything else. They're throwing Greg Dorch out there. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I mean, never heard of him. Rondell Moore was hurt. Like, yeah, Rondell Moore was hurt. Like, yeah, court with AJ Green out there. Yeah, I, if anyone, I was, I was actually expecting like a decent AJ Green game. I really was. I flexed him in a couple spots where I was really desperate. I just thought without D Hop against the Chiefs defense that I wasn't too worried about. I. I thought he could grab a touchdown and and like three or four good receptions, but yeah, just just ugly, man. Kyler, I really don't like. Look, I'm the Hawks fan. Like, I I have firsthand experience with like short QB syndrome. It looked kind of like he couldn't really see over the line. I know that's like a take that some people have that people sort of dismiss as being a little silly, but it really looked like he legitimately couldn't see some of the stuff going on past those big boys up front. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I always thought it was tough to uh, take a chance on a guy that was that kind of small and that his skill set had so much to do with his running ability. Cause I always thought that like we were kind of an injury away from just him being dust um, but now it's kind of seeming like it might also just be a hindrance to his performance, potentially. His his, his athleticism is what's going to save him, if anything. I mean, he yeah. is in, like, all of these athletes are superhuman athletes. I mean, they're playing at mm -hmm. the top level of football. But Kyler is an athlete amongst athletes. Like, he is just another level of an athlete. I heard the uh, Oakland Athletics are looking for a shortstop. <laughs> Hey, uh, my my Mariners are actually looking to make a run. So, I mean, I don't know if he's into he comes to Seattle twice or like, you know, at least once a year. Uh, so maybe he wants to stay. And and just like that, we're moving on to Devin Duvernay, week one. 
and Lamar Jackson doesn't get a contract. Yeah, let's talk on just a little bit on the Ravens here because I think one, the the Duvernay sort of uh, just you know the topic himself, I think is is very interesting because Rashad Bateman was sort of the the guy that I and he showed up too. Rashad Bateman didn't have a bad game, but Devin Duvernay, like return specialist for the most part, he came out here and he was looking pretty good. He he was looking like a guy that was tough to cover. I mean, I think it's one of the reasons why Ravens so readily gave up Hollywood. I think they knew between him or approach that they had mm-hmm. someone who could fill a second role behind Bateman and Mark Andrews. I liked what I saw. Proch is injured, I think, now, too. Yeah, he's injured. Yeah, so. Uh, I liked what I saw from DuVernay. I, I don't think I would bank on the performance he gave every week unless you have kick return points in your league. But I think you have to start thinking about the flex spot with him. Right. For lack of a, a better option. I mean, I don't I don't hate rolling him out there, you know, especially in like a, a barbarians league or a, a, what are the other return yards? I think rogues league has return yards um, in one of those settings. Like I have Duvernay in the barbarians league and he scored me like 90 points or something crazy like that. Very nice. I, I think it's so funny. Still that barbarians league. I reduced the, the return yards by I think half. I think I halved it. And those players that really consistently score those are still completely broken. Oh, yeah, they're busted. Uh, and then just a quick, you know, we talked about it last show, but just to kind of put the stamp on it, Lamar Jackson did not get his contract. He's looking at being tagged twice, right? That's just what happens. That's brutal, man. If we look at recent history, though, this has actually worked out pretty well. Um, his cousins got tagged twice, and then he got the first fully guaranteed contract ever in the history of football, right? And then Dak Prescott got tagged and decided to, you know, I'm going to play it out. I'm not going to sign this initial deal. Got injured, still got a bigger paycheck. So yeah, I think there's pretty good recent history that this actually does work out pretty well for the player. I think the big difference for me is Lamar Jackson's style of play. The fact that he's such a, uh, he, he is absolutely like a rushing QB. He makes a lot of his work on the ground. And that just, for me, it increases his propensity to get injured and for him to be playing on a, on a substandard contract as, as a former NFL MVP. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's a difference that maybe could potentially affect a sit out situation. Maybe like, I don't know. I, I think he, I would, I would, not bet on it i think he's like the type of player and like competitor that would probably not um choose that path but i think he wants to play yeah i i agree with you for the most part i just i think that there's a there's a chance still out there like given his projected worth the fact that he makes so much of his work on the ground and that 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 might not age as well or the the increased chance of injury i just i don't know that that sort of unsettles me a bit but overall i think that the likelihood is that he'll get tagged at least one time and then probably get his contract um, on the Ravens. That's, that's the most likely scenario. Probably. Uh, basically he's a top 10 QB for me every single week and has a potential blow explode to top one or two. I was going to say, I, I would love nothing more than for Lamar to have another MVP season and for him to get absolutely paid, just back the brink truck up and just dump money on him. Like, I would be so happy for him. Plus, I also just kind of want to see the AFC and that division just have 
three of probably the top 10 highest paid quarterbacks in football. I just think that'd be fun. That would be fun. Okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of the end of the list here, guys, unless there's any other kind of smaller topics you wanted to quickly hit before we get into the, uh, the segments here. Uh, just one real quick hit for the future. You're good. But for this season, if I was a Javonta Williams owner, I'd be just a little bit concerned about the time split. I think that a lot of what we say, even though we say it with a lot of affirmation and confidence, they are week one, you know, semi overreactions for the most part. We don't know really what's going to happen for the full term of things. But that being said, it was a lot closer to that 50-50 than I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh, were anticipating, even though it seemed fairly obvious that that was kind of always the way it was going to go. I think a lot of people had some uh, misplaced hope that it was just like Javonta Williams was going to like basically outplay Melvin Gordon, um, which in my mind, I just don't, I I didn't ever think that was really going to be the case. Um, Mm -hmm. I still like Javonta Williams a lot, but I like him on, I have him on a lot of my teams that are like playing for 2023 um, when I think Melvin Gordon will be less of a problem, but yeah, yeah. I love, yeah, we can, we can talk more smack on the Broncos. That's totally fine with me. If you guys want to keep going on that train, uh, because we stomped him. Go Hawks. I won't do the, uh, I, I, at work after the game, a bunch of us like got in a circle and we all did like Hawk screeches. I won't do that on the podcast though, because I feel like that'll be, uh, unpleasant to listen to, but, uh, we got, we got very excited. We have a, a work where, um, everyone at the office is a Hawks fan. So everyone was very, very excited to see, uh, the outcome of that game. But yeah. Let's, let's take it into some, some segments here. I think, First on the list, Evan, do you want to maybe go over a little bit of a recap from last week's best bets and then hit us with your uh, week two? Yeah, so that's the I was taking last week. Uh, we hit on the Ravens bet. We lost on the Eagles covering the spread, giving up 14 points and not scoring anything in the fourth. That was tough right there. Lost by one point. And then we lost with the Titans minus five and a half. Saquon just absolutely took over that game and looked like rookie year Saquon. Um, so if I have Saquon right now, I'm a pretty happy camper. And then going in for this week, uh, I only have two that I listed. Uh, first one is Steelers plus two. And that mainly comes from the Patriots played awful all preseason. And there was a lot of questions around that Patriots offense uh, Mac Jones is having back spasms, whether that truly goes away and gets fixed this coming week. Uh, it's questionable. Yeah. I really don't get this. I don't get this line. Is it, is it TJ Watt overreaction? So I think it's overreaction on TJ Watt and Najee with the, the Liz Frank, um, sprain. Um, so all indications are Najee's going to play. He's supposedly like 90 to 95%, which is good enough if you're asking me uh, for Najee, but the trepidation on Mac Jones, uh, that is concerning. You know, if he gets a big hit from a defensive end, defensive lineman, I think that could, could flare up the back spasms. Uh, Once again, Patriots look got awful last week. The offense just does not seem to be producing anything. Uh, Big questions there. And then the biggest thing that threw the, the kicker in for me is Mike Tomlin in his career against the spread is 46, 23 and two against the spread as a, as a dog. Wow. So. Wow. Wow. As a dog, as, as a dog, he's 46, 23 and two. Uh, so that's big. That's very interesting. And then you include just uh, home games. 
and he's 14, three and two. Wow. So that, that, that was, that was pretty big for me. And then you also combine that with underdogs and games that have less than, I want to say it was 42 points. I think it was 42 points uh, as the total score for the game are 88, 54 and three against the spread since 2018. So that's a 62% conversion rate. And it's even better if you just look at the home team in those games, the home teams, 40 and 22. So you combine all of that and it led me down the Steelers plus two uh, line. The second bet is unfortunate for uh, Eric here. Um, I'm looking at the, the Packers at minus nine and a half. It's a big number, especially for a Packers offense that did not look that great. But what I'm banking on is Aaron Rodgers at home in his career is 65, 34, and 6 against the spread. So that's a 66% conversion rate. Aaron Rodgers as a home favorite is 60, 33, and 3 against the spread. That's a 65% conversion rate. Aaron Rodgers at home in primetime is 22, 10, and 1 against the spread, which is a 69% conversion rate. So we, we got all of that going for us. Aaron Rodgers, after a loss, is a 39-21-1 and one against the spread. That's a 64% conversion rate. And Aaron Rodgers, it's just Aaron Rodgers. Like, I get it. You know, he didn't look in sync with his wide receivers. There was some drops that should have been taken care of. Concerning That, that Watson drop. That Watson drop was disgusting. Like it, coming off the camp that he had with all the drop talk. And then that was just oh, face palm drop. Yeah. So difficult, hard, hard to uh, to deal with. Um, but if you're looking for a little bit more uh, teams that I think it's in week one, um, teams that lost by double digits were 40, 25 and two. Uh, coming into for the next week, which is a 62% against the spread. So there's that. And then Matt LaFleur also is a perfect 9-0 against the spread coming off of a loss in his career. So we got all of that going for the Packers to cover the 9.5. Whether they actually do or not, I I guess we'll end up seeing. But data-wise and process-wise, Everything from the historical data is telling me go the Packers and everything from week one said tread a little carefully. So I'm not putting tons of units down. Like I'm not putting a multi-unit bet down on him, but I mean, I'll sprinkle maybe 25, like $25 on him. And as, as a tradition uh, through the course of you saying that I am now in on those bets uh went ahead and laid some juice on them uh but i do want to just a uh, quick pulse check on eric uh how do you like that packers bet oh please keep feeding this dog mentality the underdogs are gonna rise again uh field just just keep feeding us keep feeding us we're gonna be belly sliding across the snowy tundra this weekend let's go bear down all right had to had to give you at least one of those right uh, uh, that actually takes us into a perfect segue. Uh, Eric, you're all, you're all pumped and excited. Why don't you go ahead and hit us with that spicy hot take of the week? All right. I am excited about this spicy hot take of the week over here. So this one's actually going to long get a little longer than just necessarily this week. So first of all, I just want to say we came 
awfully close with our spicy hot take last week of Lions beating the Eagles. It was not that far off. It was getting tight at the end, but the one spicy take take we did hit, there was at least four kneecaps bitten that I could keep count of. And Aiden Hutchinson looks like the real deal. The Lions, they look like the real deal. But I'm tired of looking north for right now. We're 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 done with the north. It's not cold yet. We're gonna we're gonna go out to the nice west coast where it's all sunshine and rainbows and all the fun's going on. And I want I want to take a little gander here at this schedule here by a good old San Francisco 49ers. We got the uh, scrappy Seattle Seahawks coming up. We've got the Denver Broncos who are looking to rebound. But then we got a Monday night game against the Los Angeles Rams. Then we got two easier games in there, but then we got the Kansas City Chiefs, and then we got the Los Angeles Rams again. I think that they lose all three of those football games, and then there's a bye week on their week nine where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come in and save the season for the 49ers and lead them to first place in the division. Regardless of injury, Trey Lance will be on the bench with a losing record. Jimmy G will replace Trey Lance week nine. Get him on your fantasy teams now. Put Trey Lance on your taxi squad because he's going to be done after week nine this season. That is my spicy hot take. Evan, I'm going to give you a chance to respond here, but I just have to briefly mention that you can't put anyone on your taxi squad after week one in RPG League, so don't try to do that. Uh, Evan, your response. Corey, can I just take him off the screen? And just remove him from the podcast. Like he just doesn't need to be here anymore. Don't wait. Don't uh, wait. I'm looking for a. I'm looking for a ban Eric button here, but I don't see one. If, uh, if they if they lose to the Rams twice, Kyle Shanahan's going to be on some sort of hot seat, and uh, he needs to win now. So why not pick a quarterback who's taking that team to a Super Bowl, taking that team to an NFC Championship game, and as a backup, won a Super Bowl. You know, I can report Eric for misconduct mm. if you'd like me to do that, Evan. Week nine, we're going to revisit this. I can also put him in the waiting room. I'm not sure what that is, but I could put him there. Purgatory. Oh, just y'all wait. Jimmy G, young quarterback. Spicy. Okay. All right, Eric. How, how, uh, how confident do you feel on that? I feel real good about it. Okay. So then how about next time I come down and visit you after the season? If I come down before the end of the season, it doesn't count. It's got to be after the season. I will say that Jimmy Garoppolo will not start a single game because of poor performance because of Lance. Injury, okay, maybe he starts a game because of injury. Right, I'm taking injury out of the equation. Injury nulls the whole thing. Yeah, okay. So Jimmy Garoppolo will not start a single game for the 49ers because of poor play by Trey Lance. Do we got a little uh, water bet? On our hands here? That was going on? Absolutely. Oh, I'll take that running away. All right. So uh, you'll you'll buy me a dinner down there next time I come down. Uh, well, I won't start saving up because that's going to be on you. Ooh, all right. All right. I like it. Okay. So just, uh, so, so your spicy take, just so we have it on the record, is that Lance will be Very benched. Lance will be benched. Because of poor performance during the bye. And Jimmy G week. will win the game coming in. And he will beat the Chargers coming out of that bye week. <laughs> and it will take off from there. Okay. Uh, I, and just just so you know, Eric, when when we say spicy take, that doesn't mean like, like bear may spicy. Like you don't have to like spray Evan right in the eyes 
No, I'm I'm all in. I already think Kyle Shanahan's doubting him. He, Trey Lance might not even make it to week nine. I thought I'd be nice. Wow. Okay, so 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 little little tangent here, real quick, since he brought up Bear Mace, Corey. Uh oh. When when Eric and I went to Montana this past summer, they literally gave us with the rental car two cans of Bear Mace. They did. I mean, you have to, right? There is like there are legit like bears and like animals and stuff out there that you probably don't want to uh, eat yet. Evan was relieving himself about about 15 feet from one and didn't even know it was there until another couple saw it and said, you should probably move away. That is amazing. That is awesome. Well, wow. Did you, did you think maybe you like when you realized it, did you have like a sense of, well, I have like one defense mechanism here and it's like, it is to pee on the bear. No, didn't even think about that. I mean, that's kind of a symbol for like, kind of, like Eric's whole like Bears team fandom, right? Just kind of peeing on the Bears. My my initial thought was to pick up a rock and throw it at Eric and hopefully hit him. Yeah. All I want to do though is say bear down and the bear would have been fine with me. High five me and walked away. <laughs> That's what we do. Bear down. Oh, that would be awesome if you if you had like a like a almost like a spiritual connection with the animals that your team represents. Like if I could call like ah, mine mine kind of sucks actually. I don't really want like a Seahawk. Because that's basically just a seagull, right? I have enough sea. You get the cool one. You get bears, and Evan even gets eagles. Like I, I would take an eagle over a freaking seagull. Yeah, that's true. And I don't even have a spiritual connection with the cubs, too. You know, so uh, that's true. And uh, I don't even get an animal. I get mariners. I get fishermen. Well, Evan gets a Philadelphian. A Philly. Nobody wants any of them. Well, well, no, you're a Yankee yeah. fan more than a Phillies fan. So I guess you get a Yankee. Oh, boo. Hey, they won the war. <laughs> Factually correct. Factually correct. That's really good. That's the best. That's the best reply to that. Uh, hands down. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, you guys ready to get into uh, some week two top dogs? Top dog. I need to calm down over here. I got really hot and heated over that. I'm like burning up. <laughs> Well, uh, let's let's quickly just touch on uh, the winner and current lead uh, in the top dogs uh, contest here. Uh, Evan, with two correct answers, had the Mahomes Kelsey stack. Mm. Uh, no one else got any of them uh, right, unfortunately, with some crazy Justin Jefferson performances uh, and uh, Saquon just just returning to form. Uh, couldn't couldn't nail those ones. Didn't see those ones coming. Although the J Jeff one, I think, could have been foreseen potentially. I don't think anyone was putting Barkley on their list. Do I get a half point for calling the first touchdown of the year player correct? You get participation credit okay. for sure. Like you, you get one of those little participation trophies that says, "Good job, you played the game." There was a 15 minute window where I was like, "I might have got this right." There's a 15 minute window where he was the wide receiver one. If he gets half a point, then I should get half a point for having Cup and JT as the second highest scorer at both of their positions. That is true. Oh uh, no, we're not we're not doing half points. That that gets messy. Plus, uh, I wouldn't get any, so that just that wouldn't be fair at all. Because uh, my pick stunk. Like Herbert was, he looked like he could do it. Didn't Derrick Henry bad week? Devonta Adams fine week, but not not anything like uh, Cup, uh, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson all had just electric weeks. Uh, and then Mark Andrews, tight end uh, 10, 
really glad uh, I took him as the first tight end off the board in some leagues. Uh, so that's really special. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get into it a little bit. Uh, I think we got some some good top dogs here. Uh, we have Evan who who picked last because that is that is the rules, right? Uh, whoever got the uh, most right last week or whoever's the the rolling leader, I guess, right? Week to week is the uh, last pick. So I will go first again, like I did last week. And I, look, man, it, it was tough to, uh, I, I felt a certain amount of like, ah, I mean, you know, he, he looked so good last week. Like, I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, overcompensate uh, this week, but I'm just going to go. I, he's my, he's my quarterback one, Josh Allen. Let's, let's run it back. Uh, let's demolish the Titans because um, the giants just won <laughs> against the Titans. And uh, I think that's a little foretelling for what could potentially happen this Sunday with the, the bills. Just, I, I think they're just going to decimate again. They, they turned the Rams into Swiss cheese and I, I just don't foresee – I don't think that the Titans' defense is better than the Rams, uh, even on a week one sort of, you know, maybe the Rams were a little off their game uh, situation. They're still at home. Like, the Bills just came into the Rams' house and just – the Rams just, just look like a bunch of stinkers out there. So uh, what can I say about Josh Allen that everyone doesn't already know? Josh Allen, QB1. I like it. I like you. You can't go wrong picking Josh Allen as a QB run. Like, there's no argument that that's not a bad choice. He might be my rolling QB one the rest of the the rest of the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> week one top dog or uh, top dog every week from here on out. Josh Allen. He looks so. He looked on another level than every. I know he was not the QB one from last week. Mahomes was, but like, yeah, he and Mahomes just looked like they're on another planet. Nobody's even on that planet. It's ridiculous. But um. My QB one I got for this week is good old Herbert. So I'm riding the Herbert train this week. And my thought behind that is it's Chiefs Chargers. This kid's going to be like 55 to 52. Like it's going to just be a scoring fest. And I just think that Mahomes has more options that can run. I know Eckler's good on the Chargers, but he does a lot of pass catching. I just think the Chargers will be playing from behind and Herbert's going to have to throw the ball more. And I, I could see him easily having four or five touchdowns and maybe like a pick or two or something like that, 400 yards. And I'm just a big believer that Herbert's going to show out this week after his kind of middling performance last week. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't Herbert last week. Yeah, no, I like it. I'll, uh, I'll get to uh, also why I like it um, with a, with a couple picks from now. Um, I think he'll have a big week for sure. He was my, he was my guy last week. I thought he'd get it done, but if it wasn't last week, it could very well be this week. Also, I know I had a team that I started three tight ends on that combined. They scored eight points because two of the tight ends put up bagels and I still won because I had a super flex stack, uh, Mahomes and Allen, which is nuts. That's nasty. Yeah. I, uh, I have in my like big work league, uh, I have Mahomes and Herbert. So that felt, that felt very nice. Oh, feels so good to have those guys. Yeah. Uh, and what about you, Evan? QB1. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Jalen Hurts this week. Woo! Homer. A potential for some rushing touchdowns. Uh, I think it's going to be a relatively high scoring game. 
And frankly, I also just want a little bit of hope for Monday. So if I picked Herbert or my pick that I was going to go with, Mahomes, once again, the fun's over on Thursday. So why not pick a Monday night quarterback? Why not, you know, try to keep hope alive a little bit and uh, enjoy watching the game? I like it. I, I do like it. I mean, I mean, Jalen Hurts has shown he can go out there and do it. Uh, his rushing his rushing potential is real. Uh, AJ Brown exploded. Holy moly. Everything I could have wanted for AJ Brown, he delivered. Um, so that was awesome to see. If we could um if we could do instead of an MVP and LVP of the offseason, just can we do the entire front office of the Titans who thought, hey, let's trade AJ Brown? Uh yeah, I'm I, remains to be seen about trailing Burks, but probability wise, right? Like AJ Brown is basically a sure thing. Like uh if if injury doesn't happen, AJ Brown is stud all the way through. And then you get Traylon Burks, who like is a big question mark, man. And you paid like a decent amount, like to get Traylon Burks. If Traylon Burks turns out to be 75% of the player AJ Brown is, you're through the moon about it. Like you had AJ Brown. I think they got cute. I think they got really cute. And they were like, oh, this Traylon Burks guy, he's basically young AJ Brown. And it's like, that's not how that works. He he could be. There's maybe a small percentage chance that he, he could be A.J. Brown, but A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown. He's showed that he is A.J. Brown. If Titans have a bad year this year, that whole front office should get fired. They should just be gone. Yeah. Uh, wow. All right. Well, we'll let you deliver that news. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll pay you to do that. I would do that. If, actually, if a team paid me to fire people, I'd, I'd do that. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, moving moving along here, uh, running backs. And kind of a segue from your quarterback, Eric. Uh, my running back is Austin Eckler. Uh, didn't have a great week last week. Uh, went, went against the Raiders, and I was expecting more. But again, week one, weird stuff's going to happen. I think Austin Eckler has a great chance to bounce back in this game, again, against a against the chiefs in a game that's going to be like 58 to 55 uh, and a chargers team without Keenan Allen um, that they're going to need another pass catcher back there. Austin Eckler didn't get nearly the amount of receiving work that I was hoping anticipating he would get. Um, But that's happened before with him. I've seen weeks with him where he just kind of doesn't get the receptions and then he gets a game with seven receptions and a couple of TDs. And I, I think that's kind of what we're looking like for this game. If the Chargers want to win, they're going to have to get Eckler involved. And I can foresee like a, you know, 86 yard rushing, uh, seven reception, two touchdown game from Austin Eckler this week. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and slot him in as RB1. I like that. So low key, you actually took the running back. I was going to pair Herbert Eckler because I think they're just going to be scoring a ton of points. So I like that a lot. But when I was looking it over, because I didn't want to copy, I wanted to kind of pick different guys, something like that, try to gain up a point or two here. Man, I think the Giants might be sneaky okay. And Saquon looks like young Saquon. He looked like he had all his explosion back last week. That, uh, what was it, the two-point conversion play, where there was two Titans in the backfield ready to tackle him. And he outpowered, outmaneuvered them into the end zone to win that game. 
I have a feeling that the Giants are going to get up on the Panthers because I don't trust what I saw from Baker and all them last week. And I think you're going to see them pound it with Saquon. I, I think this could be like a 122 touchdown game from Saquon Barkley this week. And I want to jump on this Barkley train now early in the season while he's still healthy. If, if Brian Dable is, is half a competent coach, he would have, I think realized it was fairly obvious that the problem with the giants was Daniel Jones. Um, granted he doesn't have the best weapons. That's for sure. True. Um, but he made some, he, he, kind of just looked like a bonehead out there he was he was very erratic uh there's some there's some misplays there for sure and i think saquon showed that instead of relying on daniel jones they can lean on saquon and as long as he's healthy i think he's going to be the focal mm-hmm. point i think i think that's a great pick so i almost went with joe mixon oh, i like joe mixon too he was my second yeah right yeah he was he was my second as well um, mainly because they're playing Dallas. Like, if the Bengals don't win this game, they got major issues. They're gonna get up and a lot, like very early in this game without Dak there, and then they're just gonna run out the game. It's just gonna be Joe Mixon City. I was hoping one of us was gonna pick Cooper. What rushes our top dog? <laughs> oh my! Uh, so JT was the running back that I went with. Um, I get it. Indy hasn't been great versus Jacksonville. Um, so there is a concern there. Um, but JT is still JT. Uh, keep the pick kind of chalk there. Um, and I also think that they hopefully are going to be up in that game. And if they're up in the game, that means they're likely going to be running the ball a lot. And JT is arguably the best running back in football. I like it. So that's going to be my pick. Solid pick. JT is uh, never a bad guy to project that that week one or that uh, top dog finish. I keep saying week one for some reason. That's just stuck in my head. I think I'm just so jazzed that week one happened. All right. Bringing it around the horn here to wide receivers. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Cooper Cup. Like I, I Look, the Rams look terrible uh, at home. That's scary. I get that. Cooper Cup still showed out. Uh, and I just think that maybe there's a little bit of um, week one jitters there with, with Matthew Stafford. Uh, I'm not particularly worried about like, I know people think like his elbow might be shot or, or something like that. I'm not worried if, if Sean McVay isn't worried, I'm not worried. Um, and what can I say? They're going against the Atlanta Falcons. I, I think that Cooper Cup is just going to some. I think he's going to somehow do better than he did last week. I mean, he went against the Bills, so it kind of makes sense to me, right? Uh, and if he does better than last week, I have a hard time thinking he's not going to be the number one guy um, because he was very close to it uh, and was just beat out by Justin Jefferson's crazy, crazy week one. So. Yeah, I think Cooper Cup has a very legitimate shot here. And even though he's a Ram and it's disgusting on a certain level to me, I'm going to go Cooper Cup. Very nice. So, I mean, what we're doing top dogs, we're like splitting hairs, right? Like all these are pretty yeah. pretty much all our top dogs, arguably other than my Gabe Davis pick, which I was still pretty happy with. Uh, we're, we're like split hairs at the top. The reason, so I think he's a solid top five wide receiver this week, like easy top three, five, right? The reason 
I decided to go with Devonta Adams over a Cooper Cup is I don't think Atlanta's going to be able to score very much on the Rams. I think uh, Donald's going to – Donald, Donald – yeah, sorry, wow. Aaron Donald's going to take over that game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of throwing. I think the Rams are going to rebound from that week one loss and show that they're the Super Bowl champs. Oh, un- unstoppable force versus immovable object, though. Cordero Patterson versus Aaron Donald. Are you guys jazzed about that? That is true. Cordero Patterson, let's go, baby. So that was where I kind of split the hairs of Cooper Cup. I don't think they're going to have to throw as much. Now I have Devonta Adams. And the reason I have Devonta Adams with the Raiders is I think the Cardinals are bad, bad. I think that defense might be the 32nd ranked defense after what we saw last week. Now, again, Mahomes, Chiefs, I get all that. They are missing Chandler Jones, and he is now on the Raiders. And uh, I'm remembering that right. Chandler Jones went to the Raiders, right? Yes. Yes. They also don't have J.J. Watt. Yeah. So I think they're just going to be able to throw all day long. Who are they going to put up against Devonta Adams? I think Devonta Adams might have like an 8 to 10 catch game go off. I do think it'll also be somewhat high scoring because I think the Cardinals will be able to score against the Raiders as well, which is why I think there will be a lot of throwing in the Raiders part too because the scores will keep up. I, I think you're looking at probably like a 35-28 type game or something like that. And I just think Adams is going to run all over the place. I, I don't – is Evan, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know a little bit more more about the safety in depth stuff than I do. But Buddha Baker is more of an in-box safety, is he not? He's not as much of a coverage dropback guy. Yeah. 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 So who who's stopping you can ask the Seahawks at? fan too, you know. I know all about Buddha Baker. Yeah, Buddha. That is true. But so like, can you guys name one person of the Cardinals who will be able to match up against Adams? I can't. I cannot. So I really like his Okay. As the Seahawks fan who play them twice a year. Can you name anyone besides Buda Baker in that secondary? No, I cannot. No, exactly. So I, I feel really good about Devonta Adams wide receiver one this week. Corey, really? Byron Murphy? Uh, yeah, okay. He's, 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 he's all right, for sure. I'm more going on Eric's statement of, uh, I don't think Byron Murphy's going to be able to cover Devonta. I don't think anyone there can cover Devonta Adams successfully. Okay, I was I was going more off of do you know anybody? I was like, bro, yeah. you went to the dub, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, well, well aware of Murphy. Yep, uh, Isaiah Simmons too is is great. Um, I think he's he's a good linebacker, but I yeah, I just don't see, I don't see the matchup working particularly well for them at all. No. To be fair, I don't think anybody on the Falcons can cover Cooper Cup either. But I think that game will be out of reach really fast, and I think the Cardinals will keep up with the Raiders. Not that the Raiders keep throwing. I'm keeping that in mind, but I'm almost thinking like uh, I don't even think that Cooper Cup needs the volume. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be the reason that the game gets out of hand by getting like four catches for like 160 yards and two touchdowns or something yeah. crazy like that. And he's just gonna be like, he's not gonna need the volume. He's just gonna get crazy chunk plays. And I guess with Adams one, I was like, I picked him last week. I can't pick him this week <laughs> in like my weird uh, uh, brain kind of way. But uh, I also kind of like, I don't know. I just, I think that there might be a little more of like, uh, might be spreading the ball a little more because they, they really didn't uh, 
last week too much. It was kind of like the Adams show. Hunter Renfro didn't get a whole lot of work. Uh, Josh Jacobs barely got any work. And I don't think that that can be, I don't think that's very sustainable. I think they will need to kind of get other guys mixed in there. And the Cardinals certainly have the uh, lack of defense there where I, where I would picture more guys getting open uh, mm-hmm. than just Adams. Um, but I, I think it's a fine pick. Definitely a fine pick. Fonda Adams, best wide receiver in the game. Never a bad pick. Okay. So my pick this time is Stefan Diggs. Pair him with Josh Allen against Tennessee. It just seems perfect. Yeah. Tennessee secondary is not nearly as good as their defensive line. So as long as the offensive line for the Bills holds up and gives Josh Allen time, Stefan Diggs should be open pretty much all game. He's great, man. I I love him. I think a lot of I think he dropped a little bit uh, during drafts because uh, especially for dynasty startups, you know, he does have like the age twenty eight, uh, like tag. But man, I was just I was never worried. Tied to Josh Allen, he has a contract. Like it's got to be Diggs as like a top five guy for the next three years at least. So yeah, good good pick there. Definitely like the Bills against the Titans. Uh, rolling over though to tight ends. I, so I kind of broke my rule, my own rule here where I didn't pick Devonta Adams last, uh, because I picked him last week. I didn't pick him this week, but I am going to go ahead and run it back with my tight end and say, Mark Andrews, this is the week that you are happy. You grabbed him, uh, as high as you did in your fantasy drafts. Uh, first week jitters or whatever it is. First week, uh, Devin Duvernay randomly kind of going off for two touchdowns. I don't think that's going to happen again. Mark Andrews, lock him in for like a 90 yard and a touchdown game. I think that he gets it done this week. I like that. I like the Mark Andrews pick. Hope for a little bit of that bounce back. I could absolutely see that. Yeah. Going against the Dolphins, they have a, they have a pretty, decent defense but um i think mark andrews he'll have the weeks where he just goes off and i see this as especially coming off a week one kind of dud performance i see this as a week where he can get it done Mm -hmm. absolutely and i'm i think they try to force feed him a little bit more i think they try to get more involved me too yeah i'm seeing a lot of receptions for him this week for me i don't even think i need to go this into it it's kind of like a chalky pick travis kelsey um I just think that Chargers Chiefs game is going to be so high scoring. Yeah. And Kelsey just destroys it. Like he just is such a good tight end. Mahomes is going to be looking for him all day long. I just really believe in Kelsey this week. Good week to have him going against the Chargers. Really good. In fact, Evan, do you want to tell us who your surprise pick at tight end is? Yeah. uh, I went with Kelsey just like I did last week. Uh, I highly considered Mm -hmm. Darren Waller this week um but i just couldn't get myself i very much agree with eric i think it's going to be an absolute shootout between the chargers and the chiefs and i just think kelsey is going to be the best receiving player uh, on that entire field uh between both teams i think it's not really that close and because of that i think he's going to get the most targets most likely the most receptions most likely the most yards, probably the most touchdowns. And if you have a high scoring game, 
and you have all three of those categories, you're probably going to score pretty well in fantasy. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a good pick. I think that Kelsey again. I, I think there are going to be some weeks where we're just Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. Um, avoided it thus far, but we'll see in week three how we feel. All right, guys. I mean that that brings us to the end of the top dogs. Uh, again, Evan in the lead there with uh with two points. Um, Eric and I yet to uh get on the board, but we'll see. We'll see what happens this week uh feeling feeling very good very excited for a week two uh i guess i will go ahead and uh, get to my segment now because after the top dogs comes the sleepy dogs and uh i i guess i went a little too sleepy last time because i picked jalen tolbert who was then declared inactive before the game began um so i sort of readjusted my uh parameters here for sleepy dog because you know, I don't want to pick a guy that is just asleep. Um, he's just sleepy, you know, like he's not obvious. He's he's kind of a guy that you're like, oh, that guy, uh, he seems a little like, you know, a little hidden, a little uh, in the shadows because he, he looks so sleepy. I don't I expect him to go off. Uh, not a guy that is literally uh, could be in a coma for all we care because he doesn't uh, he's a healthy scratch and he doesn't make the field like Jalen Tolbert. Um, so I went a little less uh, dead in the water and a little more guy that I think he's a guy that you really never know uh, when he's going to have his game. And if, it, if last year was any indication, he's going to have games. Um, and I think he has a very good chance at having a game this week. It is Naeem Hines uh, for the Indianapolis Colts basically my mind here is that it's the Jaguars uh, who I don't think have a great defense, but traditionally have been able to kind of quench or uh, quell rather the, uh, the Colts running game um, for whatever reason, they just kind of seem to have uh, JT's number a bit. Um, and yeah, Maybe Naeem Hines kind of suffers from that as well, but he really makes his work through the air. Um, and the Colts are dealing with a little bit of a situation right now where their second round draft pick, Alec Pierce, is potentially dealing with some concussion uh, situations. He, he might not be available. Uh, or if he is available, he might be limited. And so what I'm thinking here is that Naeem Hines will be brought in more to spell uh, – Jonathan Taylor, because the Jags just seem to be able to stop the traditional run game from the Colts in, in some fashion. He, they don't let Jonathan Taylor go off on them somehow as much. And I think Naeem Hines will be in there to spell a little more. And I think he'll be used as a receiving threat a little more. And I think this week is a week you can flex in Naeem Hines. Ooh, I like that pick though. Hopefully he doesn't, uh, become a healthy scratch because that would be a really weird uh recurring uh coincidence for the sleepy dog of the week is just every time i name a guy they healthy scratch then we can change it uh we can change the segment from sleepy dog to going to sleep early dog yeah or or Corey's hit list of course <laughs> or something like that like Corey's guys that he is uh poisoning secretly or something because he's naming them and then they uh don't play football at all uh, <laughs> or what, what 
What's um what's the name of um the hospital from Grey's Anatomy? Because that's based in Seattle. It's like Seattle Grace or something like that. Oh, I have no idea. I've never watched a single episode of Grey's Anatomy. I have no idea. I had an extra girlfriend let me watch it. It was not that good. Yeah. Seems like a like a soap opera kind of show, right? Yeah, really drama. Yeah. Corey, when you when you started this segment, I thought you were gonna actually gonna go a different way. I thought you were gonna go with Mike Evans being put to sleep by Marcus Lattimore. Oh man, oh, I should have done that. That's a really good idea. Oh man, maybe maybe that's the segment. You know, this is an evolving segment. I, I'm still trying to define sleepy dog. At first it was like guy that's very like sleeper that you could kind of flex in, but maybe it maybe it's the opposite. Maybe I start naming guys that I think will be eliminated, like guys that you might be high on that you might want to rethink. That that actually I kind of like that a little bit. I might I might roll with that next week and see how that feels. I was gonna say, as a side note, that the last five games that Mike Evans has gone up against Sean Lattimore, one for 14, two for 48 in a touchdown, one for three in a touchdown, four for 64, one for two in a touchdown. He gets touchdowns on him. I'm <laughs> yeah, I mean Mike Evans in the red zone. But 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 yeah no I I totally agree I I'm aware of like the uh, the Lattimore what is that like I think Lattimore does some sort of ritual at, at the start of the game and just like uh, voodoo dolls uh, Mike Evans I I'm not sure but it's it's kind of legendary at this point with the uh, uh, Lattimore stopping Evans take so I do like that that I might run with that Evan I think that's a pretty good idea but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Naeem Hines, I think, will we'll have a good week, and I hope so because I have him on a bunch of best ball teams. Speaking of um, Lattimore, because he was taken by the Saints the same year Mahomes went to the Chiefs, did you all hear the segment by Sean Payton on uh, Colin Cowherd's show? Mm-mm. Where um, Sean Payton said Patrick Mahomes was the best football player he ever evaluated, ever. And they, he said after they went in for his throwing session and all the, like the tape breakdown, all that kind of stuff, he, Sean Payton refused to let anybody in the party that came with go out to eat. They were, got right back on the plane and flew to, the, flew to Tennessee and ate dinner there. So people thought they were evaluating people in Tennessee because he didn't want anybody to know that they were there because they were going to take Mahomes. And then Andy Reid slipped up one pick of butt for him and took him. Ooh, that's so good. Wow. Dante literally said he told his staff that's our next quarterback for the next 15 to 20 years about Mahomes. He said he's the best I've ever seen. Oh. I was like, Whoa. so Sean Payton knew. Sean Payton and Andy Reid knew what nobody else did. That's brutal, man. Sean Payton's such a crazy, like, he, I can't believe he retired and is like staying retired. Do you guys think he's just, he's just out? He's not going to. He said on the show he's going to coach again. Right, right. But do you think he's out? at least the season, right? Like he's not coming back mid season or nothing. I think next season or the year after he'll come back, but I think he wants to, he wants to go somewhere with a quarterback. He wants to coach. Don't get into the Cowboys next year. Call. Yeah. He wants to go to the Cowboys. Calling it. No, boo, boo. Sean Payton to the Seahawks. No, Sean Payton to the Cowboys. I'm calling it right now. What? Don't, don't say no. no he's, going, he's going to the Cowboys. Think, think about it for a second. No. Ah, no, nah, he's going to the Cowboys. He's waiting for McCarthy to get fired. That's what he's waiting oh, for. My heart, breaking my heart. Over here. I was like, I literally, I, I it, back in the in the deep recesses of my mind, Sean Payton, next Seahawks 
coach is just money. Cowboys.